That's what I'm hey. There he is. What's up, man? What's happening? Uh, you know, just uh, same old, same old, trucking along with uh, getting ready for the school semester and trying to catch up on Oscar contenders while I'm doing that. So. <laughs> uh, the list keeps changing. I. Uh... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I thought it was funny because when I first started looking at these recently before I texted you, I was like, wait a second, where'd all these movies come from? Because I remember like early 2020, it was like, if theaters don't open, Bad Boys 3 may be best picture. <laughs> like... <laughs> uh, but yeah, yes. no, there's been a been a bunch and, of good stuff uh, and some stuff that i actually watched recently on your recommendation that i was very impressed with i'm excited for us to be able to talk about them yeah let's talk about uh let's talk about all of them i want to hear what your your predictions are paul's here too i don't know if you saw paul he's over there mm-hmm. i didn't Hi, paul. <laughs> i was just about to ask yeah i need to get a uh, a better camera because i'm just on the spinny laptop thing right now but I do. Uh, I want to hear what your picks are. I've got a list of what I think is going to be good. Um, some of the stuff that I think is probably going to be a big winner hasn't actually come out yet. So neither yeah. I nor pretty much anyone that's not a professional critic has had a chance to see it yet. But um, what <laughs> um, what in your mind like makes an Oscar movie spe- specifically for like best picture? What makes it? Yeah. Like what? What, what, what factors Oscar, am I looking for Oscar in the best picture? Movie? Yeah. Or what do you think the Academy's looking for? Because there seems to be some uh, some specific, I don't know, elements that will make a movie right. Like for best actress, right? Mm-hmm. If you take the pretty girl and you make her ugly and a villain, she's probably going to win. <laughs> so, uh, what, are there yeah. are there similar like boxes that need to be checked for like best pictures and things like that? Because going through the the list that I have, it's they're all kind of widely different movies. Um, so, yeah, what determines a top front runner or top contender? That's uh, yeah, that's an interesting way of asking that question because as so I've played in an Oscar fantasy league for almost 10 years now, and I have largely paid attention to trends and patterns in what guilds are voting for, which has nothing to do with the content of the film, right? <laughs> sure. Um, but I think there are content things. So whatever wins best picture is probably going to speak to the zeitgeist somehow. So you're looking for something that um, speaks to a, a contemporary political issue sure. and sure. gives some sense of empathy for a, usually for folks who are, have been marginalized in some way. Right. And we've seen that in the last handful of best picture winners mm-hmm. um, from a purely predictive standpoint, just watching what comes out of the Toronto film festival is the clearest predictor of what is going to take the best picture Oscar. So as I'm predicting, I'm trying to watch festivals and I'm trying to watch guilds by watch. I mean, watch the lists sure. that come out of what the winners are, because sure. unfortunately I have not been in attendance at those festivals. Right. Uh, but Toronto right. is such a solid predictor. And okay. the, the winner from Toronto this year was no Mad land. Sure. Francis McDormand. So yep. right now that's my, 
pick for best picture. Gotcha. Yeah. And I've seen that, um, kind of move up the list recently. Um, again, it's not out right. where anybody else can watch it, but, um, but there's, there's kind of conflicting thoughts on Nomadland too. Uh, Francis McDormand, obviously great. And we'll, we'll potentially get another mm-hmm. best actress out of this one, but some people don't view it kind of what you were saying on the, um, the zeitgeist, like how it speaks to a certain topical issue or whatever. Some people just view Nomadland as like an art piece, right? And it's more like this sweeping, colorful, like journey movie, right? Where somebody's going on this trip and it's, she does have some things happen to her. But as far as like story goes, it's really more like a visual piece than it is um, something more like a Ma Rainey's Black Bottom or a yeah. Chicago 7 or something like Whoa. that. Do you think that's going to factor into the Academy um, picking it? Or do you think it's got, it checks enough of the boxes while still being like this beautiful piece of art that, that it would. I think it may still check enough of the boxes because at the Academy, you have folks with specializations in all different areas of filmmaking. Right. And so if it's good enough to, you know, to please a significant faction of, you know, cinematographers and a significant faction of editors and a significant faction of actors. By the time you put it all together, you know, you've got the votes you need in order to get best picture. For sure. That makes sense. But you mentioned trial of the Um, Chicago seven. That was actually my favorite thing that I've watched so far this year. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) That's one of the ones that I actually have watched. Um, so good. Uh, Aaron, Aaron oh, yes. knows how to do a movie. So that was pretty fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and again, that's got the topical issues. It speaks to the zeitgeist, especially with the racial, the political, the police. Um, it's It kind of hits all the different points, but from a historical perspective, not necessarily mm-hmm. trying to, I don't know, what you would like steamroll everybody with a current like political movie. It's just saying this is actual history um but presented in a way that's not only informational mm-hmm. but entertaining as well so the the yeah. ending i thought was pretty hard hitting and obviously i guess we won't talk about that in case there are folks who haven't seen it yet but uh it was one of the few <laughs> movies that i thought was really <laughs> affective <laughs> that i've watched this year yeah absolutely um kind of contrast to that would be another Netflix original that I watched recently that was, I think, initially expected to be kind of a contender, but now is kind of viewed as more of a, um, again, like an art piece, but it doesn't really, doesn't really hit anybody in the feels. Uh, and that's Mank, which I watched yesterday, um, which is cool. I mean, it's a cool movie. It's very like old Hollywood, but uh-huh. with a new like crispness, right? Like, so it's like you're watching a classic, <laughs> but it's in 4K and it's, and David Fincher does the lights and the darks very well. It doesn't feel like a Fincher movie to me, first of all. Um, it's a lot happier than every other thing he's done. There's no violence and... Right, yeah. Right, exactly, yeah. No one's getting murdered, on huge... repeat. But, uh, and the Trent Reznor soundtrack doesn't sound like a Trent Reznor soundtrack. Like, it's it's strange. Um, again, I think that may be one of those art piece things, though. Mm-hmm. The acting was great. Um Gary Oldman was fantastic. Uh, Amanda Seyfried, even, who I'm not a huge Amanda Seyfried fan, but I thought she did a great job with it. Um, the supporting cast, so the 
Mayer guy and the guy who plays uh, Willie Hurst. And I think everybody did a great job and, and nailed all the parts that they were supposed yeah, to do there. I, um, it just, it I feel very similarly. As soon like as you a... <laughs> started that description of like... The internet may be slow here, so I apologize. Oh, no worries. Uh, as soon as you you started your description, a movie that didn't, you know, grab you in your emotions, but it was still pretty good and interesting to watch, I had immediately went to Mank, and so it's funny that that's the one that you said as well. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about what I would say about Mank last night because I figured it has to come up in this discussion. Right. And uh, one of the things I was thinking is that it's – you know, you take any individual piece of it and it's really, really good. But you stop and think like, am I inspired? Do I want to go do something different? Do I want to make the world a better place at the end? Right. It's just not there. It's kind of just like, do I think Orson Welles was maybe slightly more of a piece of crap than I thought he was before? <laughs> like, it doesn't really give you any kind of like... It's again these very specific figures. There's nothing like you were saying the zeitgeist. There's nothing that's going to be immediately accessible or topical. I think for people who like movies, it's a cool movie because they'll understand yeah. who Orson Welles was and who Herman Mankiewicz was and who some of these. I mean Louis Mayer, right? Like the the mayor yeah. in Metro Goldwyn Mayer was in there. So, um, <laughs> and then I won't spoil it for anyone, but the actor that played Upton Sinclair. Uh, was great. I I was like, wait a second, what is this? So, and then I looked it up to verify, but that that was pretty cool. I won't say any more about that, but um, there were some fun surprises scattered through the movie. So, with that being one of them, (laughs) um, it's interesting to me, and I think we've seen this in the past couple of years. Uh, well, especially this year, and kind of what I said at the beginning about bad boys potentially being the only movie in a theater that anybody saw before everybody went on lockdown. Uh-huh. The majority of the contenders are streaming service movies. So Mank, Black Bottom, Chicago seven, one night in Miami, which I'm very excited about uh, Regina King's Amazon feature there. Yes. Um, Five bloods, even that may be a little bit farther down the line than it was at the earlier part of the year, but um, sound of metal, midnight sky, Palm Springs, like all these movies that are, in consideration are accessible to anybody who's got a Netflix account and you don't actually have to leave the house to go see it. Um, which I think is making a difference on the, the screeners as well that the Academy is reviewing rather than getting right. a digital media for something that's going to be in a theater. They're just logging into their Netflix account and watching it at the same time as everybody else. So it's kind of a different world. Right. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if that impacts the nominations. Like if people are as willing to just watch the things off of the streaming services or if there's, you know, something still kind of stigmatized about that. Sure. Um, it's still anybody's game in terms of landing that nomination. We have very few precursors to help us figure out how people are leaning right now. So, um, yeah, that's going to be really interesting. And you mentioned several movies in that list that I also watched and really liked. <laughs> and I really hope to Five Bloods uh, ends up with some awards consideration because I thought it was really, really good. Sure. I um, I haven't seen that one yet. Chadwick Boseman's in that, correct? Yeah. And he's in uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, I've got him as a front runner for best actor this year, for sure. Not only because of the, you know, the legacy and the 
admiration that he has or had while he was alive and then maybe was amplified posthumously. Um, but I mean, he's a brilliant actor and these are movies that mm -hmm. are, they're not uh, 42 and they're not Black Panther. They're not Marvel movies. They're actually like him getting to flex a little bit and show his range. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, um... As of right now, of course, everything's subject to change. But as of right now, I have uh, Chadwick Boseman as my first pick for lead actor and Viola Davis as my first pick for lead actress, sure. both for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Excellent. which is just a, a brilliant ensemble piece. Yeah, that should play very well with the Screen Actors Guild, I think, too. Um, yeah, I think it's funny for me on the best actress side. You mentioned Viola Davis, which obviously is great. There is some talk about Frances McDormand, like we mentioned, for Nomad Land. Um, and then there's some new players that are sneaking in there, um, and some old players that are possibly sneaking in that have been around for a long time. But um, right. Carrie Mulligan in Promising Young Woman looks great. Um, like for that movie to be what it is, uh, again, speaking to the zeitgeist, I think she's kind of killing it with with the acting there. Um, and then Vanessa Kirby coming out of nowhere. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then uh, <laughs> Sophia Loren, right? Sophia Loren, who's been around forever, coming on another Netflix, uh, Netflix original. What was the name of that movie? I had it written down somewhere, but I can't find it. Um, Life Ahead. And she's been around forever and people are, I mean, I don't know how serious the consideration is in competition with somebody like a Viola Davis or a Frances McDormand, but she's, she's making her mark there again. Michelle Pfeiffer in the uh, Patrick DeWitt. Um, oh, right. Yeah. The French exit or whatever. That's, I mean, I love Patrick DeWitt. So uh, sisters brothers was great for me. <laughs> so French exit, I'm, <laughs> right, I'm definitely right. going to watch it, but um, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> Anyways, this is uh this is why I wanted to talk to you about it because I'll just ramble on and then um... <laughs> But I mean the, uh, the I... best actor uh, best actress category is kind of stacked there with lots of talent that I think it may be a little bit harder to sift through as opposed to just saying this one was a standout this year. It's there's a lot of standouts in my mind, so Oh yeah. And I'm excited that Carrie Mulligan is on that mm -hmm. list because uh, I know that both of us have been longtime fans oh, of yeah. Carrie Mulligan. <laughs> For me, that started with Drive. Yep. And, uh, so it would be great to see her get some additional recognition. I think she's been kind of undervalued in the award circuit. Agreed. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think we've liked her longer than we actually realized because, as we mention a lot, she was... <laughs> in Pride and Prejudice as the little sister. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I always forget how many people from that movie were like not all that well-known at the time, but yeah. became pretty famous later. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, Donald Sutherland, who knew that guy before? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the, maybe not super conversely, but on the best actor side, it is a little more narrow to me, uh, at least when compared uh -huh. to the best actress, Chadwick Boseman, again, is the front runner, but behind mm -hmm. him, I mean, Anthony Hopkins has the, the father coming out this year, right? With, um, yeah. Olivia Coleman. Yeah. Which also looks great. And they're both already Academy Award winners. So it's kind of like, they've got a, maybe a foot in the door already. So that could be great. Yes. Uh, Delroy Lindo from oh, right. The Five Bloods, I think, is going to be a contender. His performance is amazing because it's so 
nuanced. Sure. He has such conflict within himself, and so much of that has to be done non-verbally because he has to present this very tough exterior to the other characters, but has, um, you know, a lot more difficulty in processing some of the emotional things that are happening in the movie. And so I, I was really blown away by his performance. That's awesome. Yeah, that's he was on my list, but again, I haven't seen To Five Bloods, so that's going to be the next thing that I watch probably. Um, I Fair also enough. have Riz, Riz Ahmed on my short list for uh, Sound of Metal. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, a streaming movie. Like all these movies are just available for everybody to watch now. It's very exciting that we're getting this caliber of film put out on a Netflix where previously all we were getting was, you know, original series and things like that. But um, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, have you watched that one? Sound of Metal. I watched half of it. Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> it's been an insane <laughs> week at work, so I'm trying to squeeze them in where I can, but I haven't finished it yet. But um, very impressed with what I've seen so far. So yeah. Um, yeah. Outside of uh, outside of pictures and actors and things like that, I think I'm going to throw it over to Paul on this part because he can speak to it a little bit better. But the um, cinematography or original screenplays. Where do you put something like a Tenant yeah. on on the list, and compared to some of the other things that are coming out? Well, I did finally see Tenet. And, uh, <laughs> I'm watching it later, so no spoilers. Paul brought it with yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the best chance a movie like Tenet has is cinematography. Okay. Um, my, my spoiler-free review, and this is coming from someone who is an enormous Christopher Nolan fan sure, and has been for some time and has done writing about his movies just really, really love um, what he's produced in the past. I About 20 minutes into the movie, I gave up on trying to follow the plot. Okay. <laughs> I just decided that's not what I'm supposed to do this time. I'm just supposed to watch and enjoy the, like, the beautiful pictures and the interesting visual effects, and I enjoyed that for what it was. Sure. But I just gave up on the plot about 20 minutes in. <laughs> I turned the camera to Paul because as you were talking, he was nodding ferociously. So just, I was yeah, tell me what you think about it, Paul. shaking my head. And, yeah. I don't <laughs> think it's winning any awards. Um, I'm in the same boat. I'm a big Nolan fan, but this is one of those movies. I mean, it's like, it's like the epitome of Christopher Nolan. So if you, <laughs> if you like Nolan, you're going to love this movie. If you, if you're not really into Nolan, like even if not like you know people who dislike him notwithstanding like if you're not super into it you'll probably hate tenet for the reasons you know of being 20 minutes into the movie and then wanting to give up on just anything (laughs) the first time i watched it it was the same boat except i watched it in in an actual theater um and i gave Mm. up on trying to hear anything that they were saying so (laughs) so i couldn't understand any of the dialogue um, second time, you know, was obviously it was a little bit more enjoyable because I was kind of picking up on some of it. And then after the third viewing, and this is where it gets all complicated, I watched it actually with <laughs> subtitles and with, you know, my our, our younger brother and one of his buddies. And then we had a whole like hour long discussion afterward, <laughs> just trying to figure out like any of the science of all of it or why any of the timelines make sense without spoiling anything. Sure. And uh, yeah. we didn't really get anywhere. I mean, we did. Like, we came to conclusions we were happy with, but it was like, well, great. We just wasted an hour of our life. Like, that wasn't, that wasn't, <laughs> I think, the point of the movie. But there's no way, like, you talk about, like, 
like R-rated movies and like real violent movies and, you know, movies with a lot of adult content are not going to necessarily do as well as others just because of accessibility. Uh, mm-hmm. Just for that reason, I feel like you you can throw Nolan movies into that category just because people aren't going to watch it. And if they do watch it, they're, they're going to give up on it and they're going to just say, yeah, whatever. You know, this this movie was too much for me to understand. Visually, it looked great. I mean, sure. some of the scenes in it are my favorite scenes I've ever seen in any movie. But yeah, yeah. I just I don't think it's winning any awards. See, for me, that's kind of like being a Nolan fan as well, like Interstellar, because I've seen it a couple times. I still don't necessarily understand what's going on. That's one of the ones where you have that hour long conversation after the movie just to try to figure out, OK, well, if that makes sense here, what makes sense here? But I mean, he won a not a not an Academy Award, but he was given a Best Director Award for that. And then they did win the Academy Award in 2015 for uh, visual effects. So I think something like that being kind of that art piece. But again, going up this year against visual effects wise against things like maybe Midnight Sky, which is also a kind of a space and time movie and that kind of thing. Um, It'll Uh be interesting to see kind of where that plays. I would definitely want to talk about Tenet though, because I know towards the end of last year, that was the only movie that anybody was talking about <laughs> because it, <laughs> right, right. It, it did have a theatrical release when compared what, to some of these other what, movies. That... Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. I had the lag there. What was the last? Oh no, part? I was saying it was the only one everybody was talking about because it did have a theatrical release when compared to mm-hmm. some of these other things that, that did not. Um, so it kind of had a little more exposure or different exposure, I guess, than maybe some of the streaming services. Yes. Um, and for me, it just didn't quite have the emotional bite of some of his other movies. Sure. Like at the end of Interstellar, I really love that movie. Yeah. And it, I did watch it three times in the theaters before I started piecing together like my own sure. theories about what's he trying to do with this piece. Uh, but I really love Interstellar. And I think the thing that makes it worth it is you have these really strong character relationships and the movie is still about the bonds between these characters sure and to me that was missing in tenet gotcha it's it's story driven which means you have to be highly engaged in following the plot so it's a it's definitely a movie that's for people to sit down and think about um but i i would have liked a bigger emotional payoff at the end yeah that makes sense. Um, <laughs> a movie that we haven't talked about yet that will probably be a best picture contender, but in um, kind of transitioning onto maybe original screenplay and things like that is Minari, mm-hmm. um, the Chung movie yeah. that's coming out, which I remember seeing a preview for in the theater and thinking, that's it. That's the winner right there. So <laughs> it does, it has the whole family dynamic. It's got uh, some topical political, maybe with the, the immigration. Uh, piece yes. of the story there uh, but it just looks brilliant and to be an original story as well and I may even put um, that actor in in contention for for maybe a best actor as well so what are your thoughts on that one yes yes <laughs> oh you froze I was like your thoughts are yes Sorry, are you there now? I would be Sorry. overjoyed. <laughs> you froze for a second, so I didn't see what you were saying. 
but uh, yeah. Oh. What what all did you say after uh, I said? I, what are your thoughts? <laughs> nothing so far. I think the lag just caught me up. Gotcha. With what you were saying there. Okay, cool. Good deal. <laughs> uh, I really hope that that movie is able to do well. It looks great from the previews, um, and we know is it Stephen Young? Is he playing? Yes. Yep. The main character there. Yeah, from The Walking Dead, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's always cool to see people, uh, you know, who you know and like from other places kind of have an opportunity to uh, increase their recognition a little bit. Absolutely. It does seem like a really timely story, so I'm excited to watch it. And it seems like uh, the fact that Parasite was able to win Best Picture last year has maybe opened some doors for other really great movies that uh, aren't casts to sort of be able to uh, work their way into that best picture category, which is great. Absolutely. Yeah. It's very exciting to watch. Um, again, it's just like, there's so many things that aren't out yet that like, I just want to see because as I mean, generally the, the picks would right. be kind of winding right. down and everybody would be getting their final, their derbies or their, their brackets done right now. But uh, since they moved the ceremony back to April, we may have to have another conversation in, in March to see where, where the standings are because there's so much that could happen between now and then and so many surprises that may jump out. So, yeah. Um, what about tech tech, yes. tech awards? What are you would... thinking for, uh, you know, sound and things like that? Are you have any front runners lined out in those areas as well? Not yeah, Tenet. that's a place where Tenet could maybe do well. Sure. Um, they're not ones that in I necessarily. Some of those categories. Uh, it... Sorry, they're not ones that I necessarily think about. I think the lag is causing us to talk over each other a little bit. But, um, yeah. But I, you know, I know you and I were both excited since we did go see it the first week that it opened, like when Baby Driver won for um, sound mm -hmm. editing and things like that. Like, it's always exciting when you have some some attachment to a film to see it nominated in whatever category it's in. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, a movie that I really, really liked this year that I don't think is going to get as much attention as it deserves is Emma. And oh. I think the one place where that could shine is in uh, costume design, costume, sure. uh, maybe production design. So it would be nice to see it walk away with just, you know, some yeah. recognition. Uh, the editing category is actually historically the best predictor for best picture so if you're nominated for best picture but you're not nominated for editing it is almost impossible to actually win the best picture wow, category that. that's very interesting so i think trial of the chicago seven is going to be a major contender in editing awesome yeah i love that movie so much but the, the, <laughs> it's great i just want to watch uh, but, but all the things we would expect would actually be there. So uh, Nomadland, Mank, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, those all seem like potential contenders in that editing category. For sure. Are there any in any category that uh, that we haven't talked about yet that may be like a secondary pick for you, but you still think may uh, come in as a surprise? The lag got me again. Oh, Would you ask that one more time? Yeah, I said, are there any... Uh... Are there any movies that we haven't mentioned yet or categories, actors, directors that we haven't talked about that 
may not necessarily be front runners, but you think may sneak in and make a surprise appearance? I'm so happy you asked that because as I was preparing to have this conversation, I came up with a column that I called spicy picks okay. and uh, <laughs> I've had those ready. Um, so there are some movies that I really liked that I don't know if they'll sneak in there, but I kind of hope they do. There's an Amazon movie called the vast of night. That oh. is a super cool uh, sci-fi movie that's modeled after the twilight zone nice okay i remember seeing so the that could grab. thinking that was kind of like super eight meets stranger things or something so it is okay good <laughs> which to me is great Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i'm in yeah yeah it's really fun it's got great uh cinematography and editing and i think their screenplay is excellent although screenplay is very you know, competitive for Academy Awards. So that was a long shot for this movie. Sure. Um, but it would be wonderful to see it grab maybe something for production design or visual effects. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, I really like Sound of Metal. Yep. That seems to be like just on the cusp right. in a lot of categories. <laughs> so hopefully it moves up there in a few. Right. What else? Um, Okay, so there's a movie that I haven't seen yet, but it keeps winning some of these um, early critic circles. Yep. And that movie is called First Cow. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> so that is my my spicy pick for best picture nice. is First <laughs> Cow. Uh, I, I did I'm... see the preview for that when it came out, and... Uh... It seems very like a metaphorical movie and without seeing the movie, I'm not exactly sure what the metaphor is supposed to be, but um, <laughs> it does look interesting at least. Yes. And I, I think I'm remembering this correctly that the director, I'm looking back on IMDb now to make sure I'm not misspeaking. Um, yeah, did this other movie called Meek's Cutoff okay. that was really, really good um, a few years ago. Gotcha. And uh, she does a lot of things with the American Frontier. Oh, and great. if you haven't seen Meek's Cutoff, it's got Paul Dano and Bruce Greenwood and Michelle Williams. And um, Oh, I'm in. <laughs> that cast is yeah, yeah enough. <laughs> Paul Dano is fantastic, especially uh, Paul yeah. Dano and the American Frontier. There, it just gives me their old be blood vibes, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. For a minute there, in uh, like 2007 to 2010, he was in all the so, American Frontier things. Yeah. That's great. I will definitely uh, be checking out First Cal. I had a couple on my list that were, again, maybe not. Not front runners, but look definitely interesting enough to maybe get a nod. Um, Malcolm and Marie looks great, I think is the name of that movie, with, uh, again, the guy from Tenet and um, Zendaya, I think. Right? Mm -hmm. So coming off of Spider-Man to go to a role like yeah. that looks great. Um, the Mauritanian right. looks great. Judas, is Judas and the Black Messiah, is that what it's called? Um, that one looks great. Yeah, well, yeah. So, yeah. There's several that I still need to get into and watch, but just on preview or on trailer or on initial review look like they could potentially make a dent in some of these categories. So, Right. Yeah. 
And uh, Judas and the Black Messiah has that's with Keith Stanfield, right? Yes. Am I remembering yep. that correctly? That guy needs all the awards <laughs> in his way. Agreed. He's done so many good things. Well, yeah. and then it's yeah. like he's he's kind of doing the um, not Samuel L. Jackson thing, but maybe the Willem Dafoe thing. And I don't just say that because they were both in Death Note, where it's like you've got these great great roles, and then there's maybe a couple of flops thrown in there as well. Um, Knives Out wasn't a flop, right. but it wasn't. It's not an award contender in any category, and. Uh, it's like you're spending your time doing some things that maybe you could be <laughs> doing a little more quality than quantity on, but uh, he's got bills to right, pay. Right. I goes, so. <laughs> yeah, and at least they're fun, right? Like yeah. Knives Out is an enjoyable watch. Sure. I didn't feel like I sat down and oh, wasted yeah. my time or anything. I liked, so. I liked it a lot. It was fun, um, and that cast was yeah. great too. So, but uh, it yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Is um, Daniel what's his name also in? Judas and the Black Kaluuya. Kaluuya, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were both in Get Out, which did very well. So who knows, right? It could be. It did. It, did. it could uh, sneak around. Yeah, both. Both wonderful. I was surprised that Daniel Kaluuya didn't end up with a nomination for Widows a couple of years ago. Yep. He was just bananas in that, playing this enforcer character, but. Um, kind of reminded me of Heath Ledger's Joker a little bit. This was somebody who was kind of living in his own reality and um, was not beholden to any other source of power. Right. Very interesting character. That's great. Yeah. Didn't, um, we're talking about old nominees now, but was Cynthia Erivo, (laughs) was she nominated for that movie or was she nominated for something else? I know she's like an Oscar away from getting an EGOT, as I just mentioned, but yeah. Right. but yeah, movies like that, again, it's like they're not Spielberg or they're not like these these players that have been around forever that are throwing these movies out. It's it's the Steve McQueens that are coming in and the um, – I just forgot his name, the guy that we talk about all the time. The Aaron Sorkins that are now coming in and making these feature films that are becoming these top contenders and not necessarily pushing the other yeah. guys out, but it's definitely – it's a different medium and maybe the adaptability to – the streaming services or those different types of productions is making these guys a little more relevant in that sphere now. Mm-hmm. Aaron Sorkin's always been game for, um, you know, using whatever medium best helps tell that particular story. I think he's a really adaptable guy, which is part of what makes him so likable. Definitely. Uh, I really love Molly's game. I felt like that didn't get as much recognition as it should have. Yeah. That's uh that's one that Paul watched that I still haven't seen yet. But. Yeah, I agree. It's <laughs> it's really good. I went into that one not knowing what to expect and uh came out the other end like, "Whoa." <laughs> I didn't even know like Idris Elba <laughs> right. could do that with characters. Like yeah. I've only seen him do mostly cheesy things, you know, yeah. and and Luther, but but <laughs> that character was like amazing. Animated animals. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I felt the same way. Um, and of course, Jessica Chastain is, you know, wonderful in everything mm-hmm. that she does. And that was such a great showcase for her because that character went through so many things. So she had to show such a range throughout the course of that film. Yeah. Yeah. 
and she's been in Aaron Sorkin and Chris Nolan movies. And what else did we talk about today that we can apply Jessica Chastain to? <laughs> <laughs> and a movie with Viola Davis. Man, we're covering all the bases now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Can't ignore someone like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh awesome man well i didn't have anything else if you got other uh picks or nods or things you just want to mention for recommendations i just wanted to actually have a chat with you about it because you are the only guy that i trust with oscar picks and things so <laughs> <laughs> that's so kind yeah. um yeah i've i've missed having as many conversations recently because of course the virus has made it so difficult for people to meet in person and absolutely um so this has been nice to sit down with y'all and actually just be able to talk through some of these. I think we covered the movies that I kind of had on the list. There's another movie called Onward that's an animated film. Uh, yeah. It's probably not going to win any awards, I'm but I loved familiar. it. Yes. Yep. Oh, yeah. Animated movies. Uh, Soul is my top pick. I did love Onward, but I think Soul is a right. movie. <laughs> it's so great. So... The writing oh, yeah. on that movie was it fantastic. Will. That's another one that's just like, thank you, Pixar. I'm crying again. Oh, yeah. Both <laughs> of those, right? right? Yeah. Both Onward every time. I've seen Onward twice now and uh, tears every time. Yep. So it's fantastic. Right. Yeah, yeah Soul, it has like a, a very universal theme and it's trying to dig at something that's, you know, in each of us. Oh, yeah. Whereas Onward has a maybe more of a specific kind of emotional appeal but it was it was tear jerking for me because of course i have a very close relationship with my brother and i know that y'all are close and exactly. uh, have other brothers to be close with and such so it was the brother uh, for, that's what did it for me so yep. if you don't have right, a brother you right. may not care as much but that movie was like oh. <laughs> yep. it's great right but yeah i was bawling every time too <laughs> I can't believe we didn't talk about animated movies. Are there animated movies that aren't Disney or Pixar that may make an appearance? Is there a Shrek? That feels like a Paul question. Yeah, Paul. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I've, I forgot about it completely until you mentioned Onward, and then Onward and Soul. Were the I only know ones Netflix I has done about. some movies, but I don't feel like they were even in the past year. The J.K. Simmons Klaus, was that in the past year, or was that earlier than that? Oh. I forgot. I don't know. Thing. Yeah. I forgot about that too. I mean, I love. Now I'm kicking myself for not following J.K. Simmons more closely. (laughs) He plays what? He plays Santa Claus, and uh, somebody else is the postman. Somebody else that's famous, but I can't remember who it is now. Uh, There was a new Crudes movie. I don't think so. The Scooby-Doo movie. Don't care. (laughs) There's a new what? They're making a new boss baby again. Probably not winning any awards <laughs> there, but missing link. What? When was missing that? link is old. Yeah. So, I mean, spider verse was great. So if they did something like that, or if that company did something, that would probably be, Oh man. Spider verse was awesome. I can't think of anything else that's, that's coming out or not, but um, let's see. There's a lot of movies that I thought would be contenders that of course got pushed into 2021. So I'm sure. Um, yeah, but now I mean, we'll have to wait. if they're early enough, right? Because didn't they push the father? Father hasn't been released yet. Nomadland hasn't been released yet. So if if those movies don't have a major theatrical release before, or if they do, as long as it's before the Academy Awards, are they in contention then? Or how does that normally work? 
I don't remember the cutoff time on the Academy calendar, but it's either the first of the year or very shortly afterward. Okay. But what a lot of movies do is they will have a theatrical debut, like in one city, right. and then that's it for two months, and then they do a wide release that makes in sense. January or February or whatever. Sure. That makes sense. So, But there are people just pocketing movies, too. Like, I was really excited about Green Knight with Dev Patel and Alicia Vikander. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, the director was like, well, it can't go to theaters yet, so yeah. I'm just going to just sit on sit it. On it. Sure. Who knows when it will be released. <laughs> For sure. Well, like, Dune, right? Dune I was very excited about. And, uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> I guess next year we can be excited about Dune. So. Right, right. <laughs> Batman got pushed back. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. you know I was ready for that one. <laughs> you being the doctor of Batman. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was something else I was going to tell you about. I mean, I think that wraps up our Oscar talk, but there was something very Kyle specific that I wanted. Plus, we to get that Paul Dano fix in that one. Oh, oh yeah, exactly. Paul Dano. Uh, when you unfreeze, I'm going to tell you. I just remembered what it was, something that I saw, and I was like, I got to talk to Kyle about this. Um, Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight. How excited are we for that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, overwhelmingly. <laughs> right. And I don't know all that many people who read Moon Knight, but I am a, a big fan and cannot wait to see Oscar show. Isaac yeah. take that on. Right. You read the... Uh, which run was it? Smallwood, I think. Um, or... The Warren Ellis. Is there a Smallwood run? Is that what that is? Yeah, I can't remember. Um, and then I have some of the old back issues. Yeah, yeah. That one that's my favorite page of comic books ever um, is a Moon Knight comic. So, yeah, when he's yeah. jumping around. Did I show you that one? Uh, it's great. Oh. It is. Yeah. Disney Plus is going to have all of the superhero all things this year. Yeah. Could be nice. WandaVision's out now, right? Or coming out very soon. So, if it's out already, then I have to go because <laughs> I um, <laughs> missed something important. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, somebody on our Facebook made the connection the other day with Paul Bettany and Jennifer Connelly because her being in the Spider Man movies and then Paul being vision oh that's right i was like i never would have realized it but it makes sense that everybody's just going to be pulling their relatives in now so yep. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah i mean get in on that disney money exactly <laughs> you're almost guaranteed a franchise or a sequel at least so yeah <laughs> right that's a steady paycheck right there exactly um i forgot that she took over as the uh Friday Techno or Wednesday voice there. Or yeah. No, she's Karen. She's a uh, Spider-Man suit. Can yeah, I call right. you Karen? Yeah. Who was the initial voice? <laughs> I don't remember who it was originally. I don't. Think Paul Bettany. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because well, after Paul, it was just a. You're thinking of Jarvis and yeah, Jarvis Friday. Paul Bettany. But did Jarvis? He didn't have a suit with a voice. Spider-Man suit didn't have a Jarvis voice. No. Karen was, was the first Spider-Man suit. Voice. But was that the first female voice in one of the suits? No, no, no. Friday, was, Friday took over for Jarvis in Iron Man's suit. Who was Friday, though? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. She was Irish. <laughs> oh, she was? <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. These are things that don't matter. But again, we don't get to hang out, so we have to talk about the stuff when we can. So. <laughs> MC yes. Friday. 
so yeah, very excited for Moon Knight. I have no idea what to expect in terms of the storyline yet or which comics they might be adapting. So that will be fun to see how that unfolds. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's, I mean, the plot is that he's an insane person, right? So he's either insane or a time traveler, but they never actually tell you like, what's happening in the story. <laughs> right. Oh, Carrie, Carrie Condon was the original Friday. And I just mm. saw her in something. Better Call Saul. She plays Mike Ermentrout's daughter in Better Call Saul. Oh. Yeah. And she's in Three Billboards and Dom Hemingway and Ned Kelly and several things. So, yeah. Ned Kelly. <laughs> it's been a few years since I've seen that. Didn't they remake a movie in the past year about the Kelly gang as well? With uh, Was it Eddie Redmayne or? Hold on. I don't know. It was another one of those ones that like snuck out and I saw it like at Walmart on the shelf. Like, what is this movie? <laughs> the History of the Kelly Gang, 2019. So it was a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. True History of the Kelly Gang. It's Russell Crowe, George McKay, Charlie Hunnam, Thomas and McKenzie, uh, Nicholas Holt, Dacre Montgomery from Stranger Things again. So yeah. <laughs> Dacre, who I well, used to I pronounce as Dacre, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey i had no idea how to pronounce it so now after this session i will finally know <laughs> i only know it because uh, i watched a video of gaten who plays dustin calling him dacre yeah. so i was like it's gotta be dacre then <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be great if gaten was just pranking everyone and just mispronounced it all the time so that it would circulate i wouldn't put it past him yep and he would do that <laughs> he had a prank show that was pretty fun i know i watched several I watched. episodes of it it was very good yeah yeah I like that your eyebrows went up when you said Thomas and McKenzie because you knew that yeah. we would be excited. Same page, yeah. Yeah, because you're the one that told me about the Ben Foster, Thomas and McKenzie movie. Um, oh, yeah. And then she was also in Jojo Rabbit and some other stuff recently, too. So, yeah, she's great. Yeah. That Ben Foster movie, uh, Leave No Trace, yes. is um, – I've been trying to think about like, do I have favorites from the decade, right? Yeah. Because we just finished 2020. Yeah. And that movie, Leave No Trace, would probably be a, a contender for me in best of the decade. Nice. Um, really well directed, such compelling performances from the two leads. Definitely. Um, yeah. So if y'all ever want to have a chat about best of the decade, uh, that absolutely would also be great. Yeah. Please do let me know. <laughs> From this conversation alone, I have so many recommendations. So after that, I'm going to probably need a decade just to watch all the movies that we talk about. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start putting our list together. Right. That one will probably be easier than putting together an Oscar yeah, list for movies that we haven't seen yet. But um, yeah, we'll, <laughs> right. we'll definitely do that. Awesome, man. Well, thanks again for uh, chatting with us. It was great to see you and get your thoughts on that stuff. So yeah. Um, much appreciated. Yeah, it's great to see y'all. Yeah. This has been so fun. For sure. Yeah. And Oliver. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, man. Well, enjoy your weekend and uh, we'll be in touch soon. And yeah, let me know when you want to do a best of the decade when you get your list going and we'll, uh, we'll definitely do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. All right, buddy.